Hello everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Tuesday, May 19th, and this week we are doing a crash course in biblical literacy, something very important to us as a church community. In 2016, we did a year-long study on this topic in something we called the Year of Biblical Literacy. Today, I want to start with a question. Why is the Bible so hard to understand? Like, for real, I'm speaking as a pastor whose profession is, well, part of my profession is to study and teach the Bible. Why is the Bible so hard to understand? Now, if you are in the camp that says, it's not hard to understand, just do what it says. Well, let's just take a topic like murder. Seems pretty straightforward, right? The Bible says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. I mean, this is a very self-evident teaching. Most Christians, though, would say you should not murder unless it's killing in self-defense or defending something you love like country, nation. And at that point, it's not murder. It's just killing, and the Bible really doesn't say anything about killing. Well, I would say, well, Jesus said to turn the other cheek. That, that's the teaching of Jesus. And you might say, oh, yes, yes, okay, I remember that. But Jesus also told his disciples to buy a sword. And I would probably say something like, oh, yeah. However, Jesus also said to put away your sword because that's not how the kingdom was going to come into this world. And you would say, oh yeah, I remember that part. But isn't Jesus at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, sitting on a white horse, wearing a robe, dipped in blood, carrying a sword? That, to me, seems like a war image. Then I would say, well, what if I told you that the blood is his own blood, and the sword is not in his hand, but in his mouth, and is thus symbolic? Then you would say, why are you allowed to say it's symbolic? And how do you know when the Bible is symbolic? And how do you know when a passage is culturally conditioned? And how do you know when to obey something in the Bible, like the Old Testament? Do we even obey that anymore? And then I would say, the Bible is hard to understand. And I think it's helpful if we could just admit that. Now, it doesn't take a PhD, but it does take skill and intelligence to rightly understand and interpret and apply the Bible. But I want to return to my question. Why is the Bible so hard to understand? And there's two reasons that I'll point out briefly here because I'm not trying to make this a teaching. The are two reasons why I would say, top of mind, why the Bible is so hard to understand is because we don't have any ultimate authority to interpret it. We are the authority now. After the Reformation, which there were beautiful and great things about the Reformation, and there were some uh, auxiliary uh, kind of falling out. There were some, there were some problems in the, the, the Reformation, one of them being uh, some of the effects of Sola Scriptura, not all of them, but some of them, which means the authority was taken from the Catholic Church, which at that point was right and good and put squarely on the Bible, which is, again, a good thing. But the problem with that is that Who's to say what it means? It's up to me as an individual to study it myself and come up with its meaning. So therefore, we have no authority. 
who who gives it does a commentary does a does a, a podcast give the bible its meaning does a teacher does who has the authority to say what this means so we have an authority problem who has the authority now some of you nerds might go god is the authority yes but how is that authority mediated again this is way too long to talk about here let me move on that's one problem why the bible is so hard to understand because there's not there's not a single authority or a council of authority to say this is what the bible means but there's another problem, and there's a, I think there's a bigger problem because I think we can solve the first problem if you're tied into a church. The authority is the elders of the church um, and the community of the church to interpret the Bible and apply and live out the Bible well. So you could kind of get around that one. But the second problem, the bigger problem, I think, is that we don't take the Bible on its own terms. We try to make it answer our questions. Now, a classic example of this is um, kind of how we read Genesis 1. We oftentimes turn to Genesis chapter 1 and 2 to find out the age of the earth and the science behind how the world was made. But that's not what Genesis 1 is trying to do. Those were not the questions of the original audience. And it was not the story the author was trying to get across. So what I want to do is I want to posit today that in order to start taking the Bible seriously, we have to take the Bible on its own terms. When you read the Bible as a set of timeless truths or doctrinal positions or a science book, you will quickly find that the Bible doesn't behave itself. So what's the Bible for? Is it for answering our specific sets of questions? I remember I had this book when I started out as a youth pastor in the late 90s, and I bought it at a big Christian bookstore. It was called something like The Bible's Answers to Your Questions or something like that. And in the table of contents, it had all these questions that young people might ask, and then it would have a page number, and you would turn to that page, and it would give you chapter and verse of the Bible's answer to that question. Questions of like, uh, can I sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend? Could I, what, what does the Bible say about abortion? Um, what about, whatever. It's like all of these questions that we would have. And the Bible is just chapter and verse answer to what, what the Bible says about how we should live or how we should answer that question. Now, my question is this, is that what the Bible's for? Is that how we use the Bible? I think a lot of you would see right away that that's not the wisest way to approach the Bible. And maybe you would say something like, well, we have to approach the Bible as a story because most of the Bible reads as a story. You read it like you would read anything in the genre that it was written in. And I think that's a great starting point. However, this is why many people turn away from the Bible as well, especially millennials and beyond. Because it's a story full of stuff we don't want to read or be associated with. See, there are parts of it that would want to make some modern people stop reading because it's oppressive or repressive or misogynist. There's rape, murder. I mean, all kinds of stuff in there. And I find when I talk to people that some people just stop reading because all these things are in there. But, and it's true, those are in there. But you have to, again, you have to see what the Bible is trying to do. What is the Bible? What is the Bible for? I want to give you three things the Bible 
is trying to do or what the Bible is for. If you get these three things down, I think that you can start to approach the Bible in a way that is life-giving, in a way that is is formative, and it's these three things. One, to know who God is. The Bible is so that we know who God is. On Sunday night, I asked, you know, what are some questions that pertain to the Bible? And I got a lot of questions that pertain to the God of the Old Testament, the violence of God in the Old Testament, or the violence in the Bible. Now, if I, I would, here is where I would say, if you actually read the Bible as a large, big picture, you probably would see God as less violent and more trying to overcome violence. Now, again, that might not be everyone's experience, but I would, if you try to take the whole picture, he's actually trying to redeem, like from page three of the Bible, he's trying to redeem everything. He's trying to roll things back, set them right, uh, build relationship, save Israel so that Israel could be a light to the world. I mean, this is what he's trying to do. Um, Ashley and I were out on a walk on Mother's Day, and one of the questions I asked her was, what have you learned about God um, by parenting Juniper as being a mom of Juniper this last year? And she said, uh, I think I learned, she thought about it for a while, and then she said, I think I, I, I've learned a couple of things. I learned that God is is so attentive. I have to be so attentive to Juniper. Like, I always know where she's at. At, at, at any point in time, I know where she's at. I almost always know what she's doing in the best way, meaning I want to make sure that she's okay. And I'm always trying to intuit like what's going on with her and how I could be a mom to her. And I'm like, and she said, I, I when I, I start to, when I saw that, I, saw, I start to see God is like how attentive God is. But there's also this other thing she said she learned. She actually said this last night at dinner, is that God is so vigilant and not giving us uh, what we what we think we want at the time that Junie loves to play with this um, hand sanitizer bottle and Ash took it away from her yesterday on a walk and she just broke down. I mean, she hasn't really broke down like this when we took something we've taken something from her. It's like the first time. It's like she, I thought she hurt. I thought she like slammed her finger in the car door or something. I ran out. I'm like, is she okay? And last night as Ash was reflecting on this, she's like, I realized that this, how much, how God is like, no, you're not, you're not, you're not getting that. And I'm sorry. And I'm here, but you're not getting that. I'm here for you, but you're not going to have that. And she realized like that, that is like the, the vigilance of God to, to, to be with us and say, you're not going to get that thing, but I will be here with you. Now, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, again, this is extra biblical. This is not the Bible I'm talking about, I'm talking about life experience. But I think my point is this. When you actually take the Bible and what it's trying to do and reveal to us the nature of God, the heart of God as portrayed all throughout the Old Testament and ultimately in Jesus, who is the exact, who is God, a representation of the Father's heart, ultimately, we see who God is. And so when you read the Bible and just take it for like learning who God is, that's where you start. The second thing I would say is that the Bible is to, to, to tell the, tr- the real true story of human history from God's perspective. So as you're reading, a lot of the violence, a lot of the ways that um, people have sinned and broken covenant and uh, gone astray, uh, the temptations, all of that stuff 
is actually the 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 story of the true story of human history, just from the way God sees it. Uh, this morning, I was reflecting on Genesis three and four. I was reading it and was reflect, reflecting on sin and its consequences. This is just my own thing, my own study, and I was realizing that the temptation that Adam and Eve were going through was to avoid responsibility. And and as I was realizing that, I was saying that that is actually the the origin of all temptation or all sin is to to like break and avoid your responsibility. Uh, Adam and Eve were tempted to eat from this tree that they had the responsibility not to eat from, to eat from all these other trees to cultivate the garden, and they had like one job, and uh, they 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 avoided their responsibility, and then after they've sinned. Uh, the the avoidance of responsibility continues from um, Adam blaming Eve, Eve blaming the snake, um, uh, Cain saying, I'm not my brother's keeper. Like we were, avoid, this is like one of the the, the, the true stories of, I mean, I, and I, to be really transparent, I started reflecting on all the things that I've been avoiding in my, in my responsibility um, as a husband, um, as a dad, as a pastor during during this last season. And um, how that's like the the nature of sin woven in me that that Jesus Jesus wants to overcome in me. Anyway, the the Bible is telling this true story. So when I read Genesis, I'm reading the true story of human history from God's perspective. Last thing, and I'll end here. It's the Bible is to shape us as the people of God, so that we can live into God's ongoing story. This is what the Bible is trying to do. It's trying to shape us into God's people so that we can actually live into God's story, that we could be, our imagination could be soaked in the story of scripture, the true story of humanity, which brings me to our definition of what the Bible is. We believe that the Bible is a library of writings that are both divine and human that tell, that together tell a unified story which leads us to Jesus. Which brings me back to the beginning of our podcast. The Bible can be hard to understand, but on a basic, rudimentary, literary level, almost anyone can pick it up, read its story, and find that it ultimately leads to Jesus and the redemption he offers and the power of God to redeem and to save no matter how far we have strayed. I pray that and I hope that this was helpful for you today to start to get into the scriptures, to start reading uh, the Bible. And as you do, would you find on its pages, uh, illuminated before you, Christ, in all his beauty, and all his revelatory power in revealing the, the heart of God. Peace be with you. Mm-hmm.